before the eyes. A series of audio descriptions of contemporary art exhibitions. In this episode, Matt Copson's exhibition at Clearing Brussels, from September 8th to October 23rd, 2021. Welcome. Today I'd like to take you on a visit to Age of Coming, Matt Copson's exhibition at the gallery Clearing. Clearing was founded by Olivier Babin, an artist who in 2011 began exhibiting the work of other fellow artists in his studio in Brooklyn. Later, he turned his studio into a gallery and in 2017 opened a second location in Brussels. Clearing is located at 331 Avenue van Volksem, very close to the large intersection next to Wheels. The building of Wheels, the centre of contemporary art in Brussels, is in fact behind our left shoulder when facing the gallery door, just a bit sideways. It is hidden by the trees that separate the two lanes of von Volksen. The gallery has a sign, although it is not immediately obvious. It is not a classic sign with the name of the business. It does not indicate that Clearing Gallery is at 331 von Volksen. It gives the idea of something abandoned, a remnant. It is a piece of plastic, possibly polyurethane foam, shaped like a waffle, attached to the wall by two short iron bars. The waffle is dirty, with the patina of dry, black and grey flowery grime that covers many of the city's buildings and churches like a glaze. It is the grime of pollution from exhaust fumes combined with the dust that comes up from passing cars. Every time I come here, I wonder if this sign is the work of an artist left there as a bequest to the gallery, or the sign of an old commercial establishment, predating the gallery's activity left there by choice. After ringing the bell to our right, we hear the click of the gate opening. It's a click that would suggest an automatic opening of the gate, which instead remains static waiting to be pushed to enter. Once the gate is closed, we find ourselves in the entrance hall, which opens into an inner courtyard. The floor of the entrance is paved in stone. The walls are white, 
and on the right there is a door opener button to exit. The hall is much colder than outside, more humid, because it never gets the sun, not even in summer. Usually, on the left, between the entrance and the courtyard, there is a low, light-coloured wooden table with information sheets on current exhibitions. In front of this table, to our right, there is the entrance to a small exhibition area, which is used for those exhibition projects that do not require much space. Pass through the covered portion of the entrance, we get to the open part of the inner courtyard. After a small step and a bush on our right, we find ourselves at the centre of this beautiful courtyard with a cobblestone floor. On our left, the gallery offices open out onto the courtyard through French doors, while on the right, glimpsing through large glass windows, we can see rooms, like in a house. There seems to be a kitchen. In front of us is the large entrance to the exhibition space. An industrial style, wrought iron and glass door in the shape of an iron grid about 3.5 meters high, located in the middle of a wall which must be about 9 meters long. The portions of glass framed by the iron seem to be dark blood red. The right-hand side of the glass door has a 45 degrees offset inwards compared to the left-hand side. And it is in this portion of the space, formed by the separation of the two leaves of the glass door, that the actual entrance door is located. A lamp, hanging from above, signals the entrance. We step in. The first thing we notice is a muffled sound which permeates the entire space like water vapour being puffed out by an air humidifier. Clearing's actual exhibition space is majestic, geometrically essential, its architectural presence is palpable. It measures about 500 square meters, which can be covered with 30 steps in white and about 30 to 35 steps in length, and looks like an enormous warehouse with a double-pitched roof and exposed roof trusses. The bottom cord, that is, the horizontal element of the trusses, is not continuous, but interrupted and rests on two internal walls, parallel and with the same height as the load-bearing walls. If, for simplicity's sake, we try to picture this enormous exhibition space as seen from above, we could imagine a square with a squared U inside. By placing the entrance at the bottom of the square, after three steps, we would find a wall which would form the base of this internal squared U. For the exhibition of Matt Compson, a young English artist born in 1992, 
the space welcomes us with a diffuse light, soft, dark imperial red, visible even from the outside. The lighting, of a warm tone, vicious as blood, comfortable but at the same time repelling, tints the door glass and irradiates only the space between the entrance and the wall in front of us, where we find a text arranged in four parallel columns of seven lines each. This wall, made of white painted wood, blocks the perception of the exhibition space as a whole. And together with the other two perpendicular walls, creates two corridors to the left and right of the entrance door. Later, I will discover that this text is the one sung by the soprano Kiran Christopher Subramanian of the National Children's Choir of the United States of America, who lends his voice to the main character of the main piece. Leaving the soft red glow of the entrance lighting behind us, we take the corridor to our left, which is empty and half-lit. The sound of the installation gets louder and louder. We walk along the wall to our right until, after about 30 steps, it stops. And then we turn right towards the centre of the gallery. The main work of this exhibition appears to our left on the large facade of the exhibition space. A multicoloured laser projection of a hand-drawn animation. The two lasers projecting the drawing are suspended at a height of approximately 8 meters and allow the animation to develop across the entire height and width of the wall in front of us, the one opposite the entrance. The speakers, also hanging from the ceiling, play the soundtrack of the animation. We are now in the exact centre of the exhibition space, facing the projection. The space where we are standing is delimited by the interior walls, which guarantee complete focus on the main work. The space is closed behind us by the wall opposite of the entrance, with the text and the soft red light. In front of us, bottom left at knee height, we see the figure of a baby boy immersed in a peaceful sleep, lying on his side, parallel to the floor facing us. His horizontal figure measures approximately one metre in length by 40 centimetre in height. The drawing is not complex. There are no shadows to define the volumes. There are no details other than those needed to understand the figure. But it is certainly not an oversimplified drawing either. It doesn't seem like one made by someone who cannot draw, 
when trying to depict a character, like a circle forming the hat and linear segments representing body and limbs. I think that the figure was created with the old stop-motion technique. A series of drawings are made, one after the other, to reproduce a movement that doesn't really exist. With that technique, if the drawings are not perfectly equal, the result will show some misalignment in the overall movement, which will not be regular. And this is exactly what happens in this animation. Even when the figure is still, the lines are not fixed in one position, but always flicker a little. The eyebrows, the line of the mouth, they're never completely still. The baby sleeps. He seems to sleep like a log. But then, at a certain point, something starts bothering him. spreading, wavy and harmonious, though a little sinister. It accompanies the movement of two shimmering lines that begin to float sinuously and circularly above him, above his head, and each of those lines form small flakes, which then melt as they move. The baby opens his eyes and after a moment sits up, blinks his eyes and seems to yawn. He lowers his head, blinks again, turns his head to his left and then his right, as if trying to understand where he is. He lowers his head again, blinks again, turns around and starts crawling towards the right side of the wall. the center of it, a set of clouds high above him appear, also depicted in an essential manner. From the center of these clouds, there is a sudden burst of lightning which frightens the baby, who starts crying and screaming on his stomach. Small segments and dots sprout around his eyes and his head, while his despair is accentuated by the notes of a piano. The clouds disappear in an instant, and with a change of sound, deformed circles appear high above his left shoulder, 
to our right, each with a different color. The deformed circles sometimes join themselves, forming a polychrome circle in continuous movement and then separate again, continuing to move in an undulating manner. It is a kind of portal, and in fact an object falls from it, from this temporal threshold as if it came from another universe. A book glides down on the right-hand side of the wall, also drawn without frills, with rough lines expressing the writing. The book touches the floor of the scene in a vertical position, open. The baby blinks, dazed by the situation. He then lifts his head to the left in the direction of the open book, looks at it, and starts crawling towards it. He sits down, arriving in front of it, the book floating in front of him. Then he opens his mouth as much as it takes to swallow it. He blinks, the music changes, and our levitating baby begins to rise while the contours of his figure change colour for a moment. He looks around, blinking his green eyes drawn in concentric circles and begins to sing. Days growing dumb, mystery hand feeds, mouth bites back. What delicious sentiments, I plead for more, I need some more. And at the high note of the last phrase, his profile becomes segmented, as if to make us understand the effort he makes to get his voice out. Always sitting, the rocks back and forth, as if he is pleased with the new dimensions of his body. Another sound announces the appearance of the second temporal door, which this time appears at the top on our left, on the opposite side of where the protagonist is. From this space-time hole, 
a modest chair falls. One of those with a straw seat, which sits three quarters of the way up with the seat facing the baby. After looking at it, the baby heads in his direction. passes behind it, then underneath, and comes out in the front. Always, on all fours, he turns his head to the right and to the left, blinks his eyes and seems to think for a moment what to do. Then he decides. He moves from under the chair, sits down in front of it, and then, with a kick, drops it onto its backrest. He then pulls off the chair's front legs and eats them. Then, while remaining seated on the floor, he takes the whole chair and swallows it all. Opening his mouth, so wide that his skull deforms. He immediately starts to levitate, doubling his size, and in doing so, his outline becomes iridescent. His eyes become greener and his mouth, now only a small straight line, twists for a moment into a wicked grin. But it is only for a moment, because then the baby smiles happily, clapping his little hands. could see things from my perspective, you will see my world, my way, earth flattened mind, my feet are sore, my feet so bored. As he sings about his feet, they change their colour into a cold red, and then as before his lines become segmented, as if about to dematerialise only to move back to their place. Ahead of us, at the centre of the scene, the baby sits with his right leg extended, holding his head with his left hand and resting his elbow on his bent left knee. He looks sad 
and sorrowful. He remains like this for a moment, while the third gate opens at the top over his left shoulder. From this opening, a handgun falls and reaches his right foot. His outline begins to vibrate and becomes brighter for a moment, then changes colour abruptly. The baby looks at the gun, blinks and tries to stand up. But as he does, he seems dizzy. His whole body starts to sway, his skull deforms and he almost loses balance. He bends down to pick up the gun with his left hand, lifts it right in front of him, and then moves it back to the left, as if displaying it as a trophy. His emerald green pupils pulsate, becoming small, then large. The gun then slips from his hand, and as the butt hits the ground, a shot is fired. The bullet breaks up into a swarm of yellow dots, which hit the edge of the scene on his left before passing over him and vanishing. The baby stands in the middle of the scene and picks up the gun, pointing it to his face, then opens his mouth and swallows it whole. As soon as this action ends, its form crumbles into small golden yellow grains, as if for a moment it dismembered and broke down into its smallest particles. These grains start turning centrifugally, only to go back again to forming the baby's initial shape. The baby's size increases more and more. His cheeks blow up until they're about to burst, and for a moment the baby is like a balloon about to fly away. Then he manages to put himself back together, puts his feet back on the ground, blinks his eyes and starts to sing smilingly. My days are numbered. My days are numbered one, two, three, four. 
all crescendo, no reward. Bad, bad storyteller, less dog, more bone. Progress is fake, the void wants cake. And as he sings the last verse, his outline breaks into many little lines. Now he's like a pressure cooker, ready to explode. But once again, he manages to put himself back together. He blinks. He has become very big and covers almost the entire wall in front of us. His green eyes look around. Down at his feet to the left, another gate appears. baby looks at it almost fearfully and leans towards this opening, flips his small hands inside and with a bit of effort manages to pull out an airplane. He blinks, then smiles. His emerald eyes are huge. He starts to play with the plane. He moves his right foot forward a little spreads his legs while holding the plane with his left hand, makes the gesture of throwing it, but holds it and pretends to make it fly. He flies the plane in front of his face and then while still holding the plane, he makes a 360 degrees turn using his right foot as a pivot only to get back with his face towards us. He positions the airplane with its nose in front of his open mouth and starts to eat it. The first bite he pulls off the nose of the plane up to its wings which he then bends until they disappear. With a second bite, he eats the entire central body and after a moment's hesitation, he floats the tail of the plane in front of his mouth and swallows it completely. He immediately begins to swell up and float, his body size doubling.
He's delighted with his size. And as if in a musical, he starts singing his song while hinting at some dance steps. Cursed hunger, hunger insatiable, perpetually insustainable, God's great mockery, the giant must be slain, beanstalk so luscious, I want it all, I want it all. His outline turns emerald green, the same colour as his eyes. It becomes segmented and then goes back to its original shape. Drawing length from his size, the knowledge received and the objects ingested, he stretches out his arms as if to embrace the sky with a wide open gaze. In his last verse, he seems to address nature, creation and the cosmos. He looks at his belly and there, in the middle of his chest, the same wisp of clouds that had threatened him when he had just been born appear. His open, hallucinated eyes no longer closed. The baby has now reached the size of the entire wall in front of us. It must be a projection of about 10 meters. To the left of his head, the space-time gate appears. Now his size allows him to catch it and bring it in front of his mouth to eat it. As soon as he swallows it, he explodes in a chaos of iridescent lines which first rotate in a circle in unison and then divide, each following its own movement. form in the shape of a spring. Others become bows and laces, segments shooting out left and right. For a few moments, his outline is still recognizable, 
the lines from his face, his eyes, his hands. But then the wave caused by the explosion ruins this attempt at reshaping and everything becomes chaotic again. The lines that form the baby's features are now loose and rotate together as in a tornado. This storm-like tangle of lines gets smaller and smaller and slowly loses its strength. It moves from the center to our bottom left until those lines get back together in the initial figure of this animation. The baby peacefully asleep. At the end of the animation loop, we head towards our right, on the side opposite to where we arrived. As soon as we pass the internal partitioning wall, another animation appears in a silent loop on the wall ahead of us, that is, the one to the right of the main entrance. At the top we recognize one of the space-time gates we saw earlier and from it, the symbolic objects of the previous animation slide down, attracted by the gravitational force. The book, the chair, the gun, the plane. As if within a typhoon, they all turn on themselves amid lines, dashes, dots, crazy springs, bright red swirls, scribbles, curls, emerald green spirals, darting all over the place, remaining within the gate's cone of action. As I leave, I pick up the press release from which I read some useful information to interpret this exhibition for you. You're a baby. You're hungry. Hungry for things that you don't know about. Things that may or may not exist. We've all been there. We could grow all together, get big together, dominate this pile of mud together. Move to the edge of the city, make multi-dimensional work, squint until we hallucinate, losing our minds one marble per minute. A baby made of lasers once told me something along those lines. He opened his mouth, spewing hues of crass, stone-age platitudes. He was ravenous for the chewy, ineffable, never-ending grains of dust that make up our earthly cradle. I gave him a book to learn from, but he ate it. I gave him a chair to sit on, but he consumed it. I gave him a gun to rule with, but he chewed it up. I gave him a blessed, sky-soaring aeroplane to play with, but he shoved it straight into his mouthy face portal. There are more colours that don't exist than colours that do. There are more thoughts that don't exist than thoughts that do. For a split second I thought I saw one. Never again. 
the circle of life has been broken. An abandoned family tree, a brushstroke with no formal training, an ageless infant. They crippled him, swapped him with a changeling, a gooey copy of our long-lost loved one's DNA. Lightning-scented, annoyingly invisible, a child's drawing of a child. So let's start again. A new age of coming and going. Born again. 1,440,000 times per second, to be precise. A single line pretending to paint a whole picture. You can't hide from art and technology. Closed eyes behind a veil of stained glass sunglasses. Irresistible toys designed to wind our clocks back to a simpler time. A.G. Cook, 2021. Matt Copson, Age of Coming, 2021. Laser animation with audio soundtrack. 16 minutes looped. Portal 1, 2021. Laser animation. Portal 2, 2021. Laser animation. Music, Caroline Polachek. Sound design, Felicitor. Soprano, Kieran Christopher Subramanian, National Children's Chorus of the United States. Lead animator, Sarah Drake. Laser programmer, Peter Janrush. With thanks to, Calvin Marcus, Gita Subramanian and, Luke McIndarfer. Before the Eyes takes its name from the definition of ekphrasis, found in the Progymnasmata, a series of exercises developed for the students of rhetoric in ancient Greece. Progymnasmata says that the ekphrasis is a speech that brings the subject vividly before the eyes and it aims to put the subject before the eyes. The ekphrasis was used to describe a person, place, thing, or action, and this description had to be so accurate that the listener can visualize its object before his eyes and experience it completely. The aim of Before the Eyes is to produce audio descriptions of contemporary art exhibitions presented in art galleries. The produced audio descriptions will form an online free archive, always available to the user. Concept, text and sound, Marco Lampus. Voice, Annaline Lemons. Sound design, Marco Lampus. Translation, Marta Cadoni. Thanks to Marta Cadoni, Annaline Lemons, David Bernstein and Clearing Gallery Brussels.